You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with our favorite guest co-host, DC Lucchese, and we are here with Giordana Walker. Now, it would be hard to argue that Charlotte isn't a bike town. You know, from the world-famous Myers Park Booty Loop or Road, miles of greenways, successful charity rides, great bike shops, all of it. Now, even if you know cycling, you may not know that one of the sport's internationally known brands is right here in Charlotte. Uh, the name Giordana is synonymous. I can't even say it. <laughs> It's famous. <laughs> that told you this show was all yeah. right. <laughs> It's famous with top-of-the-line cycling, clothing, and accessories. And seriously, this is great stuff. Uh, we've been blessed uh, with the 24 Foundation and with the team we specifically ride for, uh, Team Livestrong and Drew's crew, to have some of the best uniforms out there. And that is all because of this family name. And we are so excited to bring on uh, Giordana Walker, who is our guest on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast we are so excited to help you. Welcome. Thank you. Here Thanks, Brian. and let's Thanks let's learn about this brand. Yeah, so excited to be here. <laughs> so I'll start. Let's start with the backstory of the brand. And your name is it. So yeah. that has to be well, pretty important, right? Well, I can give you a little right? tip since we're kind of joking with each other, like y'all have been before we started the podcast. It's pronounced Jordana. Jordana. Yeah. I'm just gonna have to redo the whole thing. And no, I, I think it's good, right? I mean, how do you know? People can't know yeah. everything. And it's a unique name. But I it love is it. Jordana. Okay, excellent. Yeah. So tell us what tell us about the brand. How did this start? Your name's a part of it, and now it's internationally known right here in Charlotte. Yeah, That's yeah, so yeah. cool. It's a journey. We kind mm-hmm. of like to say we like to keep things for ourselves. So we stayed a little hidden in Charlotte for a while, and Twenty Four Foundation, Twenty Four Hours of Beauty, really like exposed us even more so to the community beyond just like cyclists in our area. But my dad started the brand. In he started like a no name brand actually, which is kind of hard for us to like imagine now a brand not having a name. Right. But he started it back in the late seventies, and um, it was wool jerseys, like heavy wool, itchy jerseys, no brand name. Um, but he knew that there was a niche in America for like high end European cycling apparel, and he was living in Canada. He'd immigrated from um, Italy. He was on the national team for Canada and went to the Olympics. And so he was always in that side of the sport being an athlete, but he had a passion for business. He's like, you know, especially back then, cyclists, you know, could not make a living, right? Racing. So he decided to um, start a business and he was in Canada. So he had like eight months of winter. He's like, this is not going to work, right? So he started going to trade shows in Texas and Florida and he would drive up and down that like, you know, 77 corridor. And he stopped in Charlotte and he had some friends here. He was doing um, the Diodora brand, if y'all are familiar with that. Mm -hmm. And he was actually the rep for that brand for their running shoes, tennis, um, was a big sponsor of um, track athletes during that time when track was so huge in the Olympics. And it still is, but, you know, especially back then and that Waffle Soul and, you know, all of that ingenuity was there. And so that landed him in Charlotte. He had some partners through that Diodora partnership and, um, distribution. He was working a little bit for Rosinal, the ski brand. So he said like, Hey, I love cycling. I'm passionate about it. I can't make a living being a professional cyclist. I want to, you know, capitalize on the sales side of it and the business and the entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. side. So he was thinking like maybe Tampa, but once again, he made a pit stop in Charlotte, was invited here by some people. And he's like, this place is great. There's an international airport. Um, I can get to Italy like without even making a layover. Like this is like a hidden gem. 
And so he bought some land out in Steel Creek, which was like an unincorporated portion of Charlotte. And um, just like that 160 road, you know, real yeah, narrow. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with Sandy Nichols, one of um, his original employees that was a Charlottean originally from Davidson, um, they started the brand. You know, they started Jordana Cycling and Gita Sporting Goods, which is our right. distribution company. And through that distribution company, we have um, distributed a lot of high-end cycling brands, but Jordan has always been our house brand um, that, you know, originated with my father. And so in 79, when I was born, um, I can't hide from that. Someone looked at me the other day and was like, you're 43, right? And I just was like, who's, I looked at her, I'm like, who's 43? She's like, you are, it says 79 everywhere. I'm like, well, I'm not 43 yet. My birthday's in December. (laughs) And I'm like, excuse my French, but I'm like, shit, I cannot hide from my age. Like, how am I going to deal with this going forward? So it was so funny. Um, But yeah, my zodiac symbol is the Sagittarius. And so he used that as our logo. And, you know, it's just the rest is history. You know, a lot, a lot of hustling on my dad's side. He owns his own Mm -hmm. factory in Italy. Um, He still works there full time double full-time if you really want to be honest and um you know it's it's definitely a family business but like you said brian global as well um which makes it really unique that's awesome so you you mentioned diadora which is kind of brings me back um into the early 90s when so i played college soccer but i loved tony miola he was my favorite goalkeeper and he's originally from italy um, came over was a U.S. citizen, played for the U.S. national team, and he always wore Diodora. So I wore those cleats because I wanted to be Tony Neal. Nice. So that's awesome. so I love I love hearing that um, oh, yeah. that name. That's old school. Yeah. Any of my any of my guys in like the thirty five to forty five or ladies, you probably had some some nineties where you were wearing Diodora for sure. One hundred percent. Well, let's back into this. So. So your dad, he's in Italy now. He so, is. so that's where the actual factory is, where they manufacture yeah. all of these. Okay, that's yeah. wild. I mean, he's really a yeah. true entrepreneur. Like in the beginning, all the cycling brands were being made in one factory. And like I was saying, you would get jerseys out of that factory and you wouldn't even put a name on them. You would just sell them. And then, of course, branding became more popular with, you know, Diodora, Nike, mm-hmm. all of those brands showing people, hey, like athletes need to be showing off who's making their apparel. And, um, you know, he partnered with two other people, Eddie Merckx, who is a really well-known cyclist and another gentleman in Italy, and they owned a factory together. And then about six, seven years ago, he decided to go off on his own and create his own factory also in Northern Italy. And so, yeah, he just has not stopped. Like there's just always, you know, so much to learn and so much Mm -hmm. to do and change. And we've had long relationships with brands like Trek and Nike um, we were a big sponsor of um, the Tour de France, and then Nike decided they wanted to come in to the sport, especially because of Lance Armstrong. They were sponsoring him. So they took over from us um, the branding of the Tour de France and that sponsorship, and that led to a really long relationship that we still have now with Lance Armstrong and his We Do brand, his Melo Johnny's brand. And that was really cool to work with Trek and Nike because you know they had the mm-hmm. wind tunnels. They were pushing the envelope. Yeah on um, aerodynamics and performance and um, you know because my dad and all of his connections in Italy and with the pro tour and still just being very present on not just the side we see here in Charlotte the distribution side and the customer service side but also being you know very entrenched in actual development Um, you know it's let us be both a small business in the U.S. but also Mm -hmm. a global brand you know in in the cycling stage. Right and that development piece I mean like, like you said your dad started out in the you know the old itchy wool you know jerseys and all that stuff and you know cycling apparel like 
all athletic apparel has, you know, developed, you know, I mean, just the transition in the decades has been incredible. Uh, and it, it's crazy to think that, uh, that your dad had a big part in <laughs> a lot of what is on our backs today. That's right. That's right. And it's amazing to even look back at athletes like Lance Armstrong mm-hmm. or Yvonne Vasso and just see them wearing like the baggiest, like non-fitted jerseys right. and they just didn't care, right? They were out there hammering, yeah. you know, they didn't have like the nutrition that we have today. They didn't have the technical apparel, mm-hmm. like I was mentioning. And now, you know, we had our, um, like our lobby warehouse sale open yesterday and like, you know, your average cyclist is like, oh, I don't think this is aerodynamic enough. I don't think this is tight enough for me. And so it's yeah. like to see those trends, like mm-hmm. you're saying DC from a wool jersey all the way to what an average cyclist that might ride one or two times a week now is wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's really cool to to know that people at our company, particularly our founder, my dad, has, you know, seen that change. And mm-hmm. and he's really like been passionate about adopting that. He's not like, hey, wool was better or what we did twenty years ago was better. He's always like, Hey, we made this like last year and it's not good enough yet now. Like we gotta make something right. else. <laughs> like what else is there that we can do to make the cycling experience better? When you said your dad was in the Olympics, um, so I I grew up in Atlanta and got to go to the nineteen ninety six Olympics. And I talk about this all the time. My dad actually just retired on Monday and during that speech, I talked about how my dad gave me so many amazing experiences in life. It wasn't about materialistic things, but one of the things that he did was he took me to like every sporting event for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And the joke was like, I don't know how many credit cards he took out, how much debt he went into because Olympic events are not inexpensive, but we got to go to all the different types of cycling events. Um, even the track uh, wow. that was out in Stone Mountain, which was amazing. And I can't think... I. I I can't think of the name of what it's called. What's the indoor, the, the outdoor track? Velodrome. Yes. Yeah. I, I was there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that is like, if you ever get a chance to go to one of those, go yeah. to it. Um, it, even Not even just the Olympics. Just and, go look at it. There's one up, I think, in Rock Hill, right? There yeah. Down yeah. in Rock Hill if you're coming from the other direction. But yeah. either way, yeah, yeah. there is one. It, yeah. Up, down, around. It's yeah. in Rock Hill. It's in Rock Hill. Um, so what did your dad compete in in the Olympics? It was road cycling. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's an anticlimactic story, unfortunately, because cyclists can't walk in the opening ceremonies because they have the very first event. Right. You know, there's a lot of events that first day, but mm-hmm. theirs is one of the road race. So they have to save their legs. So they don't get to walk. And so they come in, they fly in, they do their road race. Canada was not exceptional at that time. So they do their road race. It's like whatever. And then they fly home. So they, they didn't do the <laughs> opening ceremonies. They didn't do the closing. So he he talks about it a little mm-hmm. bit, but usually I'm the one that's like, that, that was really cool. It doesn't matter. You were still part of, you know, that point in history. And, you know, it, it was one of the things that brought you to where you are now. Once again, you experienced yeah. that athletic and that, com- you know, competition side of the sport that brought you to, you know, being an entrepreneur in it. So, yeah, we were actually at that Atlanta games that you mentioned. And I know um, Nelson Vales, who's a really famous cyclist. I remember him being there. I mean, it's just really cool to see cycling in the U.S. because, you know, frankly, it's not as big as it is in Europe. But when you have events and you have young people attending like the Atlanta Olympics mm-hmm. and seeing a velodrome, it sticks with you, right? Yeah. And yeah. then that's the way that then, you know, you're able to um, be a part of it as an adult, you know, 24 Foundation, yeah. doing 24 hours of booty and riding, like you can connect all those things. And it is really a sport you can stay in your whole life, which is so cool. Right. Yeah. Now talk to me about that real quick. Because cycling, you know, with the, the Rona and everything, you know, lots of people got on bikes. 
right, for the first time or for the first time in a long time. And the, you know, the cycling biz saw, you know, you know same supply chain issues as everyone else. Uh, and uh, at the same time, saw lots of new people coming to the sport activity, you know, whatever, you know, their viewpoint. Uh, how did that impact y'all's business? Yeah, it was really interesting because after Asia, Italy was one of the first places to be hit super mm -hmm. hard by the pandemic. Um, a lot of Asians do business in Italy. There's a really steeped like textile and manufacturing mm -hmm. um, side of you know the Italian economy. So we were really scared, of course, at the beginning. You know, our factory did have to shut down, but it shut down in that period where like nothing was happening anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it was like that March, you know, to early April 2020. Mm -hmm. And then it was wonderful. Like our factory was really insular at that time. Like that part of Italy wasn't quite as affected as the other parts. And people were able to go back to work. And wow, the Italian right government actually allowed anyone that was in manufacturing to have a special pass so they could drive to work. They didn't have to be on lockdown. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what else were people doing, right? We were really fortunate that people wanted to work and put some normalcy in their life. And we didn't actually have any delays. We didn't have any wow, backups wow. on production. Now, our other partners that produce hard goods, bikes, that was sure. a different story. Yeah. But, you know, our, you know, once again, our house brand is apparel. Mm -hmm. And we were still able to produce. We were able to provide to our partners. Um, you know, one of the things that really did, um, you know, dwindle a bit was that custom side. Of course, people weren't doing events. Mm -hmm. But what overshadowed that, you know, kind of downturn was the cyclists that, you know, like you're talking about, Brian, like going to Atlanta and, and seeing the Olympics, they were like, hey, I kind of remember cycling. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, somebody bought me this bike or my, you know, my wife bought me this bike or my husband bought me this bike and I haven't even looked at it in 10 years. And we had, you know, cyclists from all over the country calling us and saying like, you know, what do I do? Like I left Manhattan because I don't want to be there. I'm working remotely from the Hamptons. It's October. Like, what am I supposed to wear riding in the winter? I've never ridden here in a cold month before. I always ride here in the summer. So we were really like educating people on how to be a solo cyclist, what to wear, how to enjoy like all four seasons yeah. when normally people like kids are back to school, things are happening. They couldn't normally ride during these times or they weren't working from home in the past. So it was it was a huge boom for us. And we were fortunate that several years before we'd set up our direct-to-consumer channel, which I'm really passionate about. And we have a wonderful team at Jita that's really, um, you know, grown that part of our business. And, you know, we have a wonderful product. We've been talking about all the work my dad does. And that part to me is easy, right? I know I have a really great product to sell. And so what we've done at Jita Sporting Goods and with JordanaCycling.com is create really a customer service brand. And to answer your question, DC, like that's what we did during the pandemic. It's mm -hmm. like we were customer service to people. You know, we were shipping things out in two days. Sometimes things got stuck on trucks yeah, in, you right, know, in yeah. Baltimore or in mm -hmm. um, Memphis with FedEx for like four weeks and whatever you deal with it. But we were on live chat, you know, 40 hours a week. We were answering emails every single day. We were answering phone calls from once again, these like individual cyclists that were like, hey, I need something to keep me healthy, to keep me distracted. And I just want to take advantage of this downtime I had to pick back up on a sport that I'm passionate about or maybe just was curious about. Yeah. So for us, it, it was really, really huge on the apparel side, just getting people into just regular black bib shorts um, and jackets <laughs> and all kinds of, um, 
items mm. that they didn't have in their closet. And, um, you know, it's been a little bit of an adjustment now to like kind of normalize and like stabilize from mm-hmm. that huge boom we had. Because yeah. you're like, this is normal. Everyone's going to ride all the time and they're going to be on the website and they're going to be asking all these questions. Yeah. And people have gone back to their life because that's what's been required of them now. People are back in school and back in offices and traveling now. So mm-hmm. they don't have as much time to to ride. But we still are meeting a lot of new cyclists. And, um, you know, the pandemic, a lot of people are like, I baked bread and I learned this. I'm like, we were working. We were like in our warehouse shipping packages, you know, yeah. 10 hours a day because we had a lot of staff changes during that time because, you know, people reassess their lives and moved. Mm-hmm. And um, we just, you know, the core team at our company just had to dig in and like work and it is almost like the pandemic in a way was just kind of on the sidelines for us because we were concentrating on what was helping people through the pandemic which was being healthy riding their bike getting passionate about something that could distract them from everything else that was going on so i got a question and i'm on your your website and i am going to butcher what this is called but it's called omniform Mm. Perfectly pronounced. Yes. I don't know what the next word is, though. Um, Suspenders. Yeah. Is it it zero? C-H-A-M-O-I-S? Oh, chamois. Chamois. So, first off, whether you're on a Peloton or a bike, when you wear bib shorts with that in it, way better than if you're just wearing regular shorts. Did your dad invent that? He did And if not. he did, thank God. All right. All right. So tell us, <laughs> when he, did this come about? Because I think every cyclist, <laughs> I mean, I find myself even on my Peloton, like sometimes I won't like wear my bibs and I'm like, I'm never doing that again without them. Like, it's almost like a Those thing you're like. Those hurting, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Josh Things wears are, uh, bib shorts during these podcasts. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I'm wearing them right now. You know, I mean, it's a long, these are, got a lot of these. These are good chairs, but yeah, they're yeah, hours. That's right. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, just tell it, 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 I, and this is a ignorant, I don't know. I mean, have these been around for a long time? Is that something that, that, you know, was, was incorporated into it? I'm just kind of curious because I think it's like the most important part of the whole uniform. It totally is. <laughs> and it, it's so important that your bibs fit correctly. So like you can take advantage of the technology with the chamois, right. but they actually used to be leather. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just like it was a wool jersey, you had a leather chamois and I've seen them like, you know. That you had to put cream on them and like massage them like you would like a really nice leather coat or bag or, you know, especially like back in the day before things were cured and all of those things so that you can have like a, a, a you know, long, longevity of your garment. So, yeah, I mean, chamois was super thin. It was leather and it disintegrated. Like it was just kind of gross, honestly. Yeah. And I think that's one reason like when you have these niche disciplines and sports and you know you talked about being in soccer like i'm sure you see now things that are so much easier right and i think that allows more people to be part of the sport so like think about it if you went to the bike shop today and you're like okay here's your chamois and then here's the cream you have to rub on it you have to wash it a certain way people might be like ah no you know especially like Mm -hmm. if you had to string your own tennis racket or like things like that you're like no thanks i don't have time for that right right. yeah Yeah, here's your sew up yeah so you know with technology and the onset of like lycron polyester and our chamois are made of a microfiber that are is actually infused with aloe vera so aloe vera has healing cooling and antibacterial properties so all of the things that you were getting from that natural material but you had to really maintain it you now can get from these synthetic materials that are infused with benefits to your body so um yeah my dad that is one, one thing he's really passionate about we do make our own chamois so it is proprietary to us there are a lot of other brands that go to what they call like a chamois house 
and they pick a chamois off the wall and they put it in their short and maybe two or three other brands have that same chamois. But ours is, you know, uniquely Jordana Cycling's product. And it is one of the, Mm -hmm. you know, pieces of our product that we get the most compliments about. And to your point, it, you know, it really is the most important, you know, part of riding to stay comfortable. So yeah, it really is super interesting to see how it's gone from something that, you know, you really have to work at, like you want to do this sport, you want to ride your bike, you have to work, you have to, you know, put cream Mm -hmm. on your chamois to now it's like, it's synthetic, wash it, hang it, forget it, you know, it's going to perform hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rides. So, um, you know, that part really is interesting to see the big change. What about the fabric? So, you know, with your father being over in Italy and anybody that, you know, knows Italians or knows the history of it, like fabrics is a huge thing. Like Mm -hmm. designers in America want to get the fabrics from Italy. Like ladies want to wear that type of fabric. From an innovation standpoint, he's come so far and the company has come so far far from an innovation and just amazing things that you've done. Is he thinking what's three, four or five years down the road? Like what's next? Mm -hmm. And tell us a little bit about how how he goes about creating and, and finding those new fabrics and and maybe if you can give us a little hint on on what the future yeah, of these cycling uniforms will look like. Great question. Um, yeah, he's very, very passionate about fabric. And once again, that's one of those aspects of your athletic gear. And we know because we live in Charlotte, North Carolina, as humid as all get out, that you have to stay cool and dry. And that's really at the core of every single piece of fabric that he sources. Our fabrics are French and Italian, and he has really great relationships with the um, the fabric manufacturers, and he is actually able to do some proprietary things with them. So some fabrics that other people don't have. We most recently created a fabric that had graduated compression. So it was all like a one piece, you know, panel on your bib shorts on each leg. And then the compression was woven into that fabric. So he was able to work with the fabric manufacturers to determine what needed to have more compression, like on your legs to help micromassage your muscles and keep the bib in place. And then a little less compression on your glutes where you're really moving and you need to have more um, range of motion. So, yeah, I mean, it's he's very, very passionate about that, especially um, regulating core temperature. And with cyclists, you know, DC, you mm-hmm. know, if you climb, you're putting out a lot of energy, you're sweating, and then you are mm-hmm. coming back down the other side of that that mountain and, you know, you're getting a lot of air. You really could get too cold, right? Mm-hmm. So you need that fabric that's able to wick away moisture and then keep you temperature regulated when you're heading downhill. Um, cyclists used to put like newspaper and you'll still see it sometimes they'll put newspaper like in their jersey and their chest to absorb that sweat and what our goal is once again is to like not make this hard for you you know make it so that you can ride and perform and the fabric is doing its job and that's all about making sure the garment's fitting correctly but yeah I mean there's a big big difference between the fabric that my dad sources in Italy and in France some Japanese fabrics as well to like you know, what you just might get out of, you know, once again, just like a factory that's making product for a lot of different people. And so, you know, with us, it's always about a little bit of a balance asking, you know, what's coming next um, of that nostalgia. We've had some products in the past where they've discontinued fabric. So we are currently like on a search for something that was discontinued probably 10 years ago. And it's like, okay, what's the new version oh, wow. of that? Like we we still have customers. It was a collection called EXO. And it was just this like super like soft hand to the fabric. It was uh, woven on like a honeycomb um, shape. And so it had micromassaging effects, just so comfortable, but they discontinued the fabric. And the machine that actually made the fabric, these are the things you don't think about when oh, you're like yeah. putting on clothes every day. Mm-hmm. The machine that made the fabric, they no longer wanted to operate. 
Um, so he's somewhat on a search for like, what is the new version of that? Like what's going to yeah. get customers excited? Like, oh man, I wore that 10 years ago. I want to experience that again, but he wants them to experience it in the now and in yeah. the future, right? And not go backward, mm -hmm. but, you know, be able to give them that product that they loved so much or they still might have in their drawer, but, you know, is worn out and give them the newest version. So it's really a balance between like what's worked for people, what makes people happy, what's the demand, because customers really drive the demand. We have to listen to what they want, right? And then couple that with, with our knowledge and what is going to be good for their performance. So I'm uh, I'm on your website and it's so cool. I, one of the things that you click on the about us, you can you can actually get a factory tour, um, and it's neat. Like you look on this website and your name is all over it, right? And I always like to ask, um, you know, kids specifically, and I know you're not a kid, but um, you're a kid to your dad. That's your dad. Trying to hide your kid. Yes, that's right. You're a kid to your dad. You'll always always be a kid yeah. to your dad. Is I think. You know, as a parent, I have a four-year-old and one-year-old, and you know, my goal as a parent is to is to raise them so when they're older, not only they're proud of me, but I give them enough tools to be successful, not enough stuff to make them, you know, bad people, but give them experiences and be a good dad and be the type of dad that my dad was for me. And so I just mentioned that my dad retired and I got to give a speech and you know, just so proud of what he's been able to do. I know you're proud of your father as well, and now you see your name on like everything. Like, tell us what that feels like. And just how proud you are of your dad, but also like how cool it is that your name is now an international brand that a lot of people use. Right, right, right. Yeah. Thank you for that question. Um, it's interesting because the brand was founded when I was born, so I don't really know anything different, right? Mm -hmm. And to answer your question, when I see the brand name, I really do think of him, right? You know, it's his hard work. It's his foundation. It's his entrepreneurial spirit. It's his, you know, the sentiment to never stop, you know, and like always keep going, always moving forward. Um, that's what I see. I, I don't even see my name, you know, and like I'll tell y'all when people call or when we do customer service <laughs> on live chat, they're like, because um, mine usually just says like Jordana staff member or whatever. I don't put my name in there. And they're like, oh, th thank you so much. You were so helpful. Tell me your name. And I'm always like, oh, God, what's my name? What's my, you know, like, <laughs> I, I'll make something up. I'm like, this is Mary. Um, this is Donna or, you know, whatever. And then <laughs> my co my colleagues will be like, yeah, I just got a chat. They said they were sh chatting with like a Mary yesterday. Mm -hmm. Was that one of y'all? And I'm like, because I just, I don't really connect myself with that side of the brand. Right. Right. I really do connect myself with that customer service, mm -hmm. that family owned business side. Um, our relationships with our partners, you know, here in the U.S. Um, but yeah, seeing my name all over the website, mm -hmm. even saying my name out loud sometimes is a little weird in meetings like the Jordana brand or whatever, but I still think of him and all of his hard work and the fact that, you know, he was born on a farm in Italy and then left the country when he was like 18 years old and, you know, brought me and my brother so much opportunity, you know, I mean, there, Italy is an absolutely wonderful country. We all know it's beautiful and it has such a rich culture, but the opportunity there is not what we have here in the U.S. And being an entrepreneur is not as easy. So I'm just, you know, so proud that he took a chance because mm -hmm. I'm sure all of us can, you know, imagine like being 18 and what were we doing when we were 18? I definitely mm -hmm. was not doing what he was doing, starting a business and yeah. um, being a competitive athlete at the same time. So, you know, super proud of, you know, the entrepreneurial side of his personality and his willingness to just never stop and always keep going and go after what's next and push forward um, that's given us that brand name. But yeah, I, I don't I don't really think about it as mine. 
um, or even my name. You know, it's the brand and it, it's him. You know, he founded it and, and that's the story behind it. Keep you from nodding off in the staff meeting, right? That's Keep hearing right. your name over I, and over and you over. You have to, like, the next time you're on a chat, the next time you're on a chat, I want you to use your name. I know. Because I feel like if I was a customer, and I know why you, you, you do it, and everything right. you just said was amazing, but I feel like if I was a customer and I was in the chat box and that was what I got, I would just like fanboy all day. I'd be like, what? what? Are you kidding? Is this a joke? Like, no way. And then yeah. you'd be like, right. yes, this is really me. I'd be like, oh my God. I mean, you like, no. Talk about, yeah. I, that would be. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, hypothetically, if that happened, I would be like, I'm talking to, like, the brand. This is so cool. So, I don't know. That's awesome. I know why, I know why you're, yeah, you, you do that. Yeah, people are funny, yeah. too, because when I have done that, people are like, no, I'm sorry, your name. <laughs> They're like, no, can you actually tell me your name, please? And I'm like, that is my name. I don't know how <laughs> yeah. to explain yeah, it. I'm just like, all right, cool. Like, not the company name. I need to know They're your like, name. You're like, yeah. this is my name. They think you're trying to, like, hide. Like, don't want, yeah. you know, to let them talk to the yeah. manager or whatever. They're like, give me your <laughs> name. I'm on the website, and they just sent me a little chat that says, hello. So today, how it's, may I help it's you? Brett. Brett Cole, he is working out of our Salt Lake City office. Well, it's his office. He works remotely there. Um, but he's a great, a great team member of ours, and he's working chat today. Love it. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell us, uh, what's the future for the brand and, and for you? And is, is the whole family involved? Is your brother involved? Is this something where, you know, eventually your father, you know, wants to maybe take a step back and you guys continue the, uh, the, the, the rise of the brand? Can I invite him to this podcast and you Please. can ask him that I question? would love to do <laughs> That'd that. That would be awesome. We'll have, a, we'll have a podcast version two. That's right. That's right. So my brother, Julian Andretta, is our creative director. My husband, um, Jeff Walker, is part of our business as well, and he works on the production side. He works with our um, ambassadors, so he's really you know, heading up content, which is obviously so popular mm -hmm. in our industry. Um, we've caught on a little bit later, our industry has compared to others, but you know, always working on that portion of the business. And then Jenny Tuttle Rollison is my childhood best friend from age eight. We met each other when I lived in TDK, South Carolina, and she lived in River Hills. She's our marketing director, um, and we're just you know so fortunate. Chris Goodwin, Janet Simmons, um, Kim and Kasha Newman. I mean, these are people I'm mentioning that have been with us for 15, 25. Nelson Frazier, like 35 years. Man, you could be a NASCAR, not a sponsor. Uh, yeah. but the way you rattle off partners like that, well done. Yeah, well so done. I mean, we're talking about like our family, me and my brother and my dad and my husband, but like when I mention them, I can't not mention the other people that have been with us mm -hmm. for so long. Um, that part is is really important. So right now, our concentration is on customer acquisition, on customer loyalty and education. We have such loyal customers. Once people learn about our brand, I mean, the number of orders I've seen some customers place, it just like blows me away and makes me so excited that they're on this journey with us. And really working on acquiring more customers to, to learn about the brand because we are still small, you know. Um, we are, you know, participating in the mm -hmm. Giro and participating in the Tour de France, but, um, you know, we are still a family-owned small brand. And my dad, I believe he'll, he will work until, you know, he can no longer. Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't have that side of him where it's like <laughs> a retirement. I wish he would because he has so many talents and I could see him having like an awesome second act, you know, being a, a wine vintner or, you know, being a landscape architect. He could do so many different things. That's cool. But he's so passionate about his business that um, I don't really see, you know, it happening in an official way. But, you know, we're here to, once again, you know, solidify that direct-to-consumer channel, the customer service, 
And that's really what we're concentrating on now and putting out great content. Like I said, my husband, Jeff Walker, is on that side, really working with millennials and Gen Zs on that ambassador side. That's been super fun to like not only work with guys my dad's age in their 70s, but people that are in their 20s that have been riding bikes in LA since they were 15 and now they're ambassadors of our brands, mm-hmm. you know, and they're making TikToks and um, they're making super cool kits with great patterns on them and that really speak to their demographic and bringing on a lot of diversity as well in the sport, especially with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of women that we hadn't worked with before started cycling, a lot of, um, you know, people of all different races and backgrounds. Um, started cycling as well. And we've just been really fortunate that my husband's facilitated a lot of relationships between um, new cyclists and our brand. And we just are really working in the future to keep cultivating that and put out great content that people can enjoy. So everyone can see themselves on the bike. One of our campaigns right now is FRC Pro Mm -hmm. DC, one of your favorite collections, FRC Pro for all. And it's like, you don't have to be a pro level cyclist to take advantage of the chamois that you were asking about, Brian. And all of the things that um, you know we work so hard on to be at the top of our game, you really can be that one day a week cyclist, or you can have just started riding yesterday. You deserve the best gear, and that's really part of our future plan: is that FRC Pro for all and acquiring new customers that we can you know make as happy as we have our super super loyal customers. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I also want to say thank you for you know a brand that has represented you know the biggest and the most popular. Um, you know, biking event, the Tour de France, you also do an amazing job with the community. You've been a longtime supporter of the 24 Foundation. You know, I love brands that never forget about their community roots. And you guys seem like a family that no matter how big you get, you're still going to be there for the for the small cycling events, for the ones that raise money for great causes. And I don't think that's ever going to change. So I think on behalf of the Charlotte community, everybody in the 24 Hours of Booty, 24 Foundation, um, all the money that they've been able to raise last year, they raised $1.25 million for Cancer Navigation, which is incredible. You guys are a big part of that. And you make us look great on the booty, uh, on the booty, booty loop, I should say. So um, don't ever change Thank you from that so perspective. Much. That's we awesome. We appreciate that. And it, that's one of our greatest passions. But I was on the phone with my dad this morning and he was like, oh, I was walking by one of the printing presses and I saw... A 24 hours of booty team he was like and he was you could tell he was so excited he's like i'm so excited that's, that's awesome. coming up again this year and um i remember it was probably like five or so years ago we were out at 24 hours of booty on the booty loop and um we were riding and like kind of taking a break and i think having snacks under the mm-hmm. the tent and he was like this is living he was like this is amazing and i think that is just such a big part of the sport in general that of course every business is that it is work it's business but the side of it that we get to enjoy that cycling side and especially the nonprofit side. I, I'm really passionate about that because people, especially those that are personally affected by cancer with and have worked with 24 Foundation, 24 Hours of Booty, like they get it. It's like, let's enjoy ourselves. Like let's mm-hmm. be out here and celebrate the wins that we have had. Let's honor the people that uh, unfortunately we have lost and like, let's just enjoy. And the bike really lets you do that. So it was really awesome to hear him say that. And I always remember that. And yeah. like I said, he always talks about 24 foundation, 24 hours of booty and definitely lights up. Everybody on our team does. Yeah. And I remember uh, that same weekend, I remember I met her father and he said, look at that guy over there in suspenders. He looks like <laughs> two hogs wrestling in a wool blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it full circle. That is comedy gold. That's, That's how it's comedy, done. Baby. 
<laughs> ding, ding, ding. Well, I love it. Well, before we, we let you go, what's the best way for, for people to find uh, find these products? How can we shop and, and, and what's the best way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Visit us on JordanaCycling.com. That's our direct-to-consumer channel. And then if you're in Charlotte, Charlotte area, our office is in Steel Creek, 12500 Steel Creek Road. And we are open to the public now every Thursday from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. So you can come in, you can see some signed jerseys from um, storied cyclists, and you can shop some really great deals on product. And then all of our um, newest, latest, and greatest products on JordanaCycling.com. We also offer local um, local pickup. So any day of the week that you want to, you know, last minute you're going out of town, pick up a pair of cycling bibs, you know, pop over to our facility and we're happy to help you. We, we love working with customers. That, that's really where you get energized um, about, you know, every part of your business is when you get to interact with the end consumer. And we're excited that we have our direct consumer channel, JordanaCycling.com, and now our facility open on Thursdays to customers. So come on in for sure. I absolutely love it. I will. Uh, I'll give Brett a shout out. He has um, replied to my message in uh, one minute. Actually, not even a minute. He replied at eleven twelve. I sent it at eleven twelve. He replied and he said uh, hello back to you. Oh, so, thanks, hey, Brett. Man, he's yes, in he Salt said, Lake, man. He, he said it was it, yeah. So he's up. Yeah, he's, he's rocking up it early. He said yeah. he said it's really nice to have you on the podcast and hello back. So Aww, love uh, this. So thank. So look at that. That's support right there. Yeah. I mean, we're 100%. live support right, right here on the on That's the Brand right. Butters Everything podcast. We're saying you're testing it out yeah, for us. Yeah, I love it. I love Brett. Congratulations. We put you on the Pass spot. The you passed, <laughs> my man. Um, well, He's thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. I, you know, I love hearing about, you know, brands and stories like this. And I feel like this is just the beginning. I know there's been a lot of history, um, but you guys have created a, 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 a family and a, and a, and values in the core and everything around it. It's, this is something that you can continue to expand and something that I think you guys will do. So thank you incredible. So I, uh, I really do appreciate you joining us. Um, like I always say, please like, share, comment, go check them out, go buy the product, um, right here in Charlotte, but made in Italy. That's so right. that is so cool. And just thank you so much for joining us thank on this episode of the Brand Butters Podcast. Thank you, DC. Thank you, Brian. You Loved being here. This was so fun. Awesome. Until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com. <laughs>